Welcome to Basic Christian Life. The teaching series within this podcast is a part of the Basic Discipleship Program. In Mark 8, 34, Jesus said, If anyone wants to follow after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Our hope is that this material will equip you with basic Bible truths that you can know how to effectively follow Christ. Now, let's join today's lesson. Hey, welcome to this session of Basic Christian Life. And today we're in our second lesson within this basic discipleship series. And today we're uh, speaking on the subject of the Bible. We're looking at truth concerning God's Word. Uh, We started in our first session by talking about the gospel. Now we're talking about the Bible. In order to be a strong Christ follower, in order to really live the Christian life, you've got to first of all ground zero, be aware of the nature of the gospel. And secondly, you you really need to have a firm understanding uh, concerning God's Word. You need to know some truth about the Bible. You need to have an awareness that the Bible is a book unlike any other book. Most books are given for mere information. The Bible is given for life transformation. We could say that the pathway to spiritual growth travels through the pages of of the Bible. God has revealed his words as a means of spiritually edifying, equipping, and encouraging us, his children. The psalmist understood this. He said when speaking of God's word in Psalm 119.11, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And he takes there a picture from, from the ancient world. When one traveled on a road or when one took a a small path uh, through uh, the the woods or through a forest, uh, one would oftentimes have a lamp to guide his or her way. And the lamp back then didn't uh, contain a high beam that shined feet out in front of the individual. Instead, the lamp just um, provided enough illumination for a traveler to see his or her next few steps. What a great picture of how the Word of God is to work in our lives. It's to give us daily insight for living. Each day it gives us just enough light to guide us in our relationship with the Lord. Jesus would have agreed with the psalmist's assertion concerning the Word of God. He himself promoted the Bible as a means of drawing closer to the Lord. He said in John 17, 17, in praying for us, Lord, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And as an apostle of Jesus, Paul himself continually taught on the importance of God's word. You could read passages like Acts 16, 5, Colossians 1, 23, and see that Paul intentionally sought to strengthen believers in their knowledge of God's Word. So we can say by looking at the Psalms, by looking at Jesus' words, by looking at Paul's teaching, that David, Jesus, and Paul all recognized the priority and primacy of God's Word for our lives. And so if we want to be strong Christians, if we want to live the Christ life, we must get serious about Scripture. Now, now how can we do that? I want to share with you six commitments we could have or should have when it comes to the Bible if we want to be 
strong in our relationship with the Lord. Number one, I would say this. You want to be strong in God's word? First of all, read it. Read the Bible. In 1 Timothy 4, 7, uh, there Paul encouraged Timothy saying, have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths. Rather, train yourself in godliness. For the training of the body has limited benefit, but godliness is beneficial in every way since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Now in this study, we're looking topically at different passages of scripture in order to strengthen ourselves as Christ followers. And here Paul gives us a great truth concerning spiritual disciplines. He reminds us that, that we need to take responsibility for exercising spiritually. Now we're all perhaps aware, as Paul's readership was, of the benefit of physical exercise, whether that's doing CrossFit, going to the gym, hitting the treadmill, swimming, cycling, whatever you do, ultimate Frisbee, Frisbee golf, I don't know. We're all aware of the benefit of physical exercise. But did you know this? According to God's word, we need spiritual exercise as well. And Paul doesn't use some, Paul doesn't use light, flippant language here. He uses a strong word when he says, train yourself in godliness. It was a Greek word used of athletes who worked out in their undergarments, who engaged in serious, dedicated training for the purpose of athletic superiority. Paul uses that word and applies it to our spiritual realm. We should be dedicated to making room in our lives for spending time with God, for hearing from Him, for pursuing godliness. And what better way to do that than to daily open the pages of the Bible and read God's special revelation to man. Read it. Number one, number one, read it. Number two, I would say this. If, if you want to be strong in your devotion to the Bible, uh, make sure that you just don't read it, but that you also understand it. Understand it. I think of a passage in Nehemiah chapter 8. If you'd read that passage, you would see that it contains an account of a worship service that the Israelites had after a famous rebuilding project in Jerusalem. The people had come back from captivity, returned to their land, and they had rebuilt the walls of the city. And after they finished rebuilding the walls of the city, they had a big worship festival. They praised God. And they also opened the word of God and they read it. The religious leaders of the day stood and for, for hours at a time, they read the word of God. They had a six-hour worship service to celebrate what God had done and to hear from God. The Bible says, that the religious leaders of the day stood in their places, Nehemiah 8, 7, and they read out of the book of the law of God, translating and giving the meaning so that people could, keyword, understand what was read. And we see here from Nehemiah that in order to really encounter God, it's not enough just to read the Bible or even translate it. One must understand it. 
Warren Wearsby has said something like this, in order for the Bible to unlock its life-changing power in our lives, in order for the Bible to release its life-changing power in its lives, it must first of all be understood. So you get this, spiritual transformation doesn't happen through a mere cursory reading of the Bible and just glancing over and glimpsing at words on a page. No, transformation occurs when we understand the teaching, when we understand what the Bible says about God, what the Bible says about us, and what the Bible says about life. Change comes in our lives as disciples when we gain an understanding of what is required of us based on what the Bible says. So know this, you need to work to understand God's Word. Perhaps you're, you're like, you're similar to me. When I first started really living the Christian life, I read the Bible and I can distinctly remember reading in books like Philippians or reading in the Old Testament and having no idea what the Bible was talking about. And I'm thankful at that stage of, stage of my spiritual journey that somebody gave me a study Bible. And I, I began to use the notes at the bottom of that study Bible to help me understand, okay, first of all, who is this guy, Paul? Secondly, why are they killing animals in the Old Testament? Who is this guy named Lucifer in Isaiah or his morning star? So um, I, I discovered this, that, man, that was a huge help. And that spiritual growth occurred not through just reading the Bible. I've been doing that because I've been told to do that. But spiritual growth occurred when I understood it, when I began to understand the teachings and the doctrines and how all the things the church and Israel fit together. The Lord used that, that information, that knowledge to change my mind and change my heart, understand it. Number three, you need to read it. You need to understand it. But number three, you need to reflect upon it. Reflect on it. I think of Psalm 119, verse number 97. Uh, psalm 119 and verse 97. Psalm 119 is a great psalm. It, it's a psalm that the psalmist wrote to praise God for the word of God. Read it sometime. Uh, but Psalm 119, 97, the psalmist said this, How I love your instruction. It is my meditation all day long. Reflect on it. Or you could say, meditate on it. Now, we don't need mean meditate like in the Eastern sense, clearing my mind, emptying of it all things, getting in touch with my inner self, opening myself up for new truth and new experiences. Now, when we say meditate, when the psalmist says meditate, he's talking about mulling something over in your mind, thinking upon it, reflecting upon it, considering what it means, what it means about God, what it means about you, how you can apply it to your life. What type of changes it ought to bring in your life. This is a critical part of interacting with the Bible. Now on that very same page in my Bible, I have notes here in the column. And what are those notes? Well, it's as I read many times, I'll write points of application for myself. Things I'm learning, things I need to do, things I need to believe about God. It's a way of meditating upon Scripture. Many times I might write down a verse um, during my devotional time on an on a, uh, index card. I might carry it with me throughout the day and every once in a while 
pull it out and remind myself of that truth and reflect on it. This is a part of experiencing transformation from God's Word. We don't want to just read it and forget it. We don't want to just read it and not grasp what it means for our lives. We want to read it, understand it, reflect on it. Number four, we also want to memorize it. Memorize it. The psalmist said, Psalm 119, same chapter in the Bible, verse number 11. He said, I have treasured your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Now notice what the psalmist did with the word of God. Not only did he read it and value it, he said he treasured it in his heart. He pictures the interior of his being here as being a a cellar or a storehouse for the word of God. I can remember growing up, I had a great-grandmother. We called her Granny. Full name, Marietta Addis. Great saint, loved the Lord. In her backyard at her house, she had a cellar. And I remember being mesmerized by this thing as a child. You could walk across her backyard and go into this cellar, and inside that cellar, she had stored all types of canned fruits, vegetables, all different types of edible items she was preserving that were stored in that cellar. Now, the psalmist here uses that as a picture, in a way, for what we're to do with the Word of God. We're not just to read it, or understand it, reflect on it. Here's what the, the Lord wants us to do with the Word of God. He wants us to store it in our hearts and store it in our minds so that it's always accessible so that it's always available for us to use in our fight against the world, the flesh, and the devil. Look at what he says. He said, I've treasured your word in my heart. Why did he do it? He says, so that, that's a purpose statement, so that I might not sin against you. So there's some people who memorize scripture, and if they're honest, it's really just kind of a thing of achievement. Like, I've got all this scripture memorized. We don't memorize scripture for that purpose alone. Here's why we memorize scripture we want to stand strong against sin. We, we want to be all that we can be for the Lord. And we know that that requires having minds and hearts that are programmed by God's truth. So memorize it. Do whatever it takes to memorize it. There's good apps for your smartphone that can help you memorize scripture. Sometimes I've, um, I've uh, used a scripture as a screenshot or as the home screen on my phone, taking a screenshot of the scripture and use it as a home screen on my phone. Um, I've used index cards in my pockets. I've uh, used a moleskin notebook where each morning I would have my, my scripture memory verse for the week and I would write it out over and over again about five times. If you do that every day, I, I promise you, you'll memorize a verse. Uh, but, but use whatever means necessary. I've found that just reading your Bible regularly if you're going through your Bible, the daily Bible reading plan, you're going to by default memorize a lot of chunks of Scripture. By being a Christian and being a part of discipleship classes or life groups or Sunday school classes or small groups and going to worship regularly, you're going to by default just memorize a lot of Scripture. But get this, Scripture encourages us to do that, so do it. And then realize this, as you do it, there's a reason for doing that. Memorized scripture is a powerful, powerful remedy against sin. Memorize it. Read it. Understand it. Reflect on it. Memorize it. Number five, I would say this. Obey it. 
obey it. James chapter 1 verse 22 is such a a, a great passage of scripture in this regard. Uh, James, the half-brother of Jesus, wrote to to believers in the first century and he, he warned them. He said this, be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. So sad. So many Christians are hearers only. They go to church and they hear a preacher read the Bible and talk about it. They go to a Sunday school class or a small group or a life group. They hear someone explain scripture, but they don't do anything about it. There's little practice in their life. There's sins. There's sins in their lives from which they don't repent. There's habits and hangups that they allow to still stain and defile their lives. There's bad thinking patterns and toxic emotions that they don't address. They hear sermons about all these things, but they don't pursue change. They don't fling themselves at the mercy of God and ask for grace and Holy Spirit help. They don't pursue obedience. Remember, obedience is such important concept. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So our level of obedience is a measure. It's like a thermometer that reveals how much we really love the Lord. Well, let's not mess with the word of God. Let's not trample, as the author of Hebrews said, the blood of Jesus under our feet. Let's realize that when it comes to the Bible, the word of God never has real sway over our lives until we obey. We've got to obey it. So so what area are you struggling to obey? When you read the Bible, does it convict you? Does it teach you? Does it instruct you? Does it point out some areas where you need need change? What are you doing with all that? Do you seek change? Do you put that item on your prayer list and daily pray that the Lord would help you change? Do you seek accountability? Do you tell your spouse or a close friend or a spiritual mentor what's going on and where you need change and ask that individual to hold you accountable? Do you regularly evaluate your life and take inventory and measure to see whether or not you've truly changed? Realize this, all this reading the Bible and studying it, going to Bible studies and leaving with books full of notes is nothingness if we don't obey. And James even warns us, he says, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. In other words, if you read the Bible, understand it, reflect on it, and even memorize it without obeying it, you're spiritually deceived. And and, and you're trifling with the things of God. And you've got to be careful. I've got to be careful because this condition can gradually, incrementally compound and get worse. We can go down a rabbit hole where we just become more and more spiritually deceived, playing around with the things of God and thinking that we're fine because we read our Bible, but in all actuality, our lives have some of the same sins that typify a lost world. So realize there's a need to read the Bible, read it, understand it, reflect on it, memorize it, obey it, and lastly, share it. Jesus said, Mark 16, 15, go into all the world or proclaim the gospel. Uh, In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, he said, uh, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. You can read 2 Timothy 2.2 where Paul told Timothy, hey, what I've taught you, you teach to others who will teach to others. In other words, all these passages show us that uh, amongst the church, there ought to be Christians, the church body ought to be involved in regularly relaying the revelation of God to people within their circle of influence. Don't be just a vessel that stores up truth from God. Realize the Lord, you're not just a big storage pot. The Lord wants you to be a pitcher. He wants to fill you up with his truth so then he can pour it out on those around you. And realize your relationship with the word of God has never been fully actualized until you get to the place of sharing it with others. This is the pathway to allowing the Word of God to transform our lives. Read it, understand it, reflect on it, memorize it, obey it, and share it. All for your own good, for the good of those around you, and for the glory of King Jesus in this world. Thank you for joining us today for our lesson on basic Christian life. Stay current with other episodes by subscribing to our podcast or visit us online at basicdiscipleship.net. If you have any questions about the materials presented in this lesson, or if you would like to give feedback, email us at info at basicdiscipleship.net. Thanks for listening.